much into the contest. It's Wednesday the 5th of May. Welcome to our afternoon sport deep dive. I'm Tim Gilbert and I'm joined by my co-host Shane Lee who is on the banks of the Brisbane River. I am, mate, and uh, I'm lucky to be here, mate. There's a lot going on in other parts of the world, India in particular, mate, which we'll cover off today. But uh, I tell you what, Brisbane hasn't shut down at all, and uh, it just goes to show what a great job our government's done here um, because there is absolute atrocities going on overseas. Today in the show, huge cricket news. We have the boss of the Players Association, Todd Greenberg, and there's so much rugby league to talk about. One of our reporters, Katie Brown, is right here to chat it all out. Shane, well, this is just a massive story. We've been watching it bubble along. The IPL now has been halted indefinitely. Word that Mike Hussey has tested positive. We haven't had complete confirmation. It's a mess. It is a mess, mate. And we uh, we had my brother Brett on the show only a, a week or so ago, and I was sort of voicing concerns about him over there. And, look, it's, it's a real situation. Um, I'm really worried about the fact that they've halted um, the IPL, which hopefully they're not going to halt all the security measures in and around both the commentary team and the players. Uh, we've got to make sure they're protected and, and all the same sort of um, rules and regulations are in place to you know, ensure that they can return home healthy when they're allowed to come home. Yeah, let's try and unstitch this story. It's a huge one. Todd Greenberg, the boss of the Players Association, is coming on the show next. So much cricket about, of course, it is fruit out of season. We've got no cricket being played here, but the heavy focus is on what is happening in India. News that the IPL has been halted, suspended indefinitely. Mike Hussey has tested positive amongst many others. We are joined now by the head of the Players Association, Todd Greenberg. Uh, Todd, it's a bit of a mess. Yeah, it's a real worrying sign, particularly for a lot of our players and former players who are in a variety of roles over in India. So... Yeah, clearly there's a lot of uncertainty over there and uh, we're going to do our very best uh, to try to make sure we give them all a safe passage home back to Australia. Todd, um, it's interesting. Uh, obviously, they're, they're really good precautions that they're taking during the tournament over there. And you know, I was just talking to Brett the other day and he was saying that they're going to and from the ground pretty much in hazmat suits. They're isolated in the part of the hotel. They're checking staff coming in and out. Now that it's halted, are those sort of guarantees for the players over there, are they up to their own devices now or... Are they going to try and put the measures in place to make sure they're safe until they can come home? Yeah, no, they're certainly uh, not going to take their, their foot off the gas, so to speak, Shane. Those, all those measures will remain in place until we can guarantee everyone a safe passage out. Um, and you're right, I, th- I think they have done as good a job as can be expected. But once that sort of uh, biosecurity bubble had been passed through, there was no doubt that it was going to create more issues. And yeah. so overnight, obviously, the IPL tournaments made that decision to postpone. Um, and I think you can understand that despite all best intentions to keep it going for as long as they could. I think they've made the only decision they, they can make. Uh, so now our challenge is to to put a plan in place for, I think we've got 38 Australians over there now, a majority of players and former players in, as I said, a variety of different roles. Our, our challenge now is to work with Cricket Australia and, and our government and also the BCCI over in India to uh, get a safe passage for them out. And that'll obviously be a two-step process. They won't be able to come to Australia directly as they would ordinarily do because of the travel ban that's in place till the 15th of May. So we've got to find them a destination on the way through. And 
you know, we're going to have to be patient. Uh, and, you know, the cricketers are in no different situation to probably 9,000 other Australians who are over in India hoping to get a passage home and sure. we're going to have to work our way through it together. There are critics about saying that, you know, they knew what they were doing. They were getting paid lots of money. But to me, that attitude is pretty naive. They went over there to do a job uh, that, that pays well, but that that's just a job. Lots of people have jobs that pay well. There must be a lot of anxiety amongst uh, your members or some of your members uh, feeling stranded. Lots of these guys have got families. We saw the letter written by Dave Warner's daughter. This is a very real situation. Uh, uh, No money's going to fix it. You're 100% right, Tim. First of all, I mean, these people are all plying their trades and this is what they do for a living, whether they're cricketers or their coaches or their media commentators the fact is that they're in India because they're they're working and yep they absolutely went there knowing the full risks and they also knew that uh, by going to India they would have to come back into a 14-day quarantine what they didn't know which is a bit unexpected is that you know our country has now been locked down to India uh, at least until the 15th of May so that's been the part that I think's created some anxiety um, and that's understandable but you know I'm at pains to point out that Whilst on the outside, many people look at these guys as, you know, superheroes, great cricketers and, you know, the best in what they do. They are human beings. They're fathers, they're husbands, and they've got they've got people back here uh, who care about them deeply and are worried about them. So, you know, the purpose of doing these types of interviews with you and others is to ensure that we can convey that message, particularly to their families who might be listening to this interview today and let those families know that, first of all, their partners and their husbands uh, and their family members, they're all okay uh, and we've been in contact with them consistently and we'll make sure they also get home safely, but we're trying to remove that uncertainty as best we possibly can in a very difficult time for all of them. Yeah, it's really tough, Todd, for over there. As you know, mate, cricket's a, a religion in India and, and gives people a lot of hope. And you now there, there's a lot of challenges um, people in India have every day and you throw COVID on top of that. You'd have to think 20 million cases now, you'd have to think that we may not see a game of cricket in India now for a year or at least a year. Yeah, which which I think is is soul-destroying for people who know how much yeah. India means to cricket and how much cricket means to India. And, um, you know, I think that's that was a big part of the sentiment of our players over there who wanted to compete in the IPL tournament for as long as they possibly could because there's an enormous affection and warmth for the country and, and we know that the country is all about cricket. So there was an opportunity to continue that for as best we, we possibly could up until this point. But you're right. I mean, the global trends we're seeing, I mean, I saw some statistics this morning. There's been more cases of COVID reported in the last two weeks than the first six months of the total pandemic. Um, so clearly, whilst we're enjoying some normality on this side of, of, of the globe, over there, they're in, um, they're in a very dire situation. You know, 300,000 positive cases a day at the moment just in India. So... You know, that environment is distressing for everyone, uh, but particularly and most importantly for the people who live there and those many people, as you've said, who've got a great affinity with cricket. Have we heard any more about the Mike Hussey situation, reports this morning that he tested positive? No, uh, and, and obviously I woke up to that this morning as well, Tim, and um, India are still asleep in this time zone, so we'll get to that in the next hour or two. So those reports... Um, I'm not suggesting they're not right, but I haven't had confirmation directly from him as yet. But, you know, again, that'll add another layer of complexity because there'll be a, firm, a form of isolation that he'll have to do, assuming that he is positive. And again, it's it's another example where, you know, there, there will be different situations for each individual case, but we're going to make sure he's well looked after and 
Uh, he's got the support services around him while he isolates him in what will be a very difficult time for him personally, if it's if that's the case. Todd, a, a nice, quiet time for you to come back into cricket, isn't it? Yeah, well, uh, I've certainly uh, created a, a few issues over the years in my previous role, but I was hoping to have a nice, seamless transition. But, you know, the uh, the different time zones and a few challenges here and there is uh, they tell me it's all part of the fun. So uh, that's the way I'm dealing with it. Yeah, and this is a very difficult one, isn't it? Just finally, it's a powder keg of emotions. We've seen Michael Slater's reaction. Do you think the government's getting it right? It's hard to be critical, but, um, you know, we're dealing with people's lives here. Yeah, it is, and I agree with you. It's a real balancing act because you can understand the government's position of trying to protect all of us who are inside the country, and then clearly they've also got the ability to sort of protect those Australians who want to come home. So, you know, I thought the PM's comments yesterday looked like they'd softened a little bit about the two-week lockdown period, and I'm hopeful that, you know, there'll be uh, an ability for us to find a passage home for all of these players so they can come back safely. And You know, there's no easy answer in all of this, and like a lot of things that we deal with, it's, it's a form of balance, but I'm sure we can get that balance right in the discussions we're having with, you know, you can imagine the multiple groups, whether it's the BCCI, uh, Cricket Australia mm. being fantastic along, alongside us at the ACA, and We'll work together cooperatively and, and make sure we've got a good plan to get them all home safely. Todd, thanks for coming on the show. We really appreciate it. I know you've got a busy day. No problems, guys. Thanks for having me. Coming up on Afternoon Sport, she plays rugby league, reports rugby league, and she talks about it right here on Afternoon Sport. It is Katie Brown. Play Sport is calling Game On for a new way to play, a free platform to explore and be inspired to connect to thousands of sport, rec and well-being activities in your community. Just go to playsport.com. Play Sport, whatever moves you. Time to talk rugby league and when we say rugby league, that means Katie Brown, how are you? I'm well, thank you, Jens. How are you both? Fantastic, Katie. Let's start with the uh, the NRLW. Um, Chelsea Alley uh, on an Instagram post, uh, she's come out and said that the girls need to be earning more money. A lot of them are struggling. Yeah, this is a post that has taken the NRLW world by storm. So Chelsea Alley, just for clarification, she's an all-black centre, player of the year. But what's happened is she's just said, I'm struggling. And at the end of the post went on to talk about how she manages three jobs, family. And then at the end she said, I'm tired of being told just to be grateful. And when can we ask um, and demand for more without coming across unappreciative? And all of these NRLW athletes have commented saying, couldn't have said it better myself. Absolutely. And this is where I think it's going to start to pick up a bit of attention because the NRLW we're seeing could extend, but we've still only got one state of origin game and the women are really starting to ask questions. You are an NRLW player yourself, Katie. What do you think? You, you work a thousand jobs yourself. You, you do radio. Of course, you come on with us. You do hosting functions. You work for football teams as on-ground announcer. You, know, like you don't have many hours in the day to spare. Tell us your thoughts. Yeah. So I'm a, I'm a women's rugby league player, but I'm probably not at the level of an NRLW player. But I completely understand. I have not seen a female athlete put it, to paper as well as Chelsea's put it across. And it is, it's so hard. And I actually have such an appreciation now um, better than I did before of how to juggle work with footy, life, family. And I miss out on things all the time and and people do in their day-to-day work. But when you're not getting compensated financially as a female athlete, it gets to a point where you start banging your head against a brick wall. And she's so right. 
where you don't want to come across like you're this negative feminist who just is demanding equality because they get it. They're not as good as the men yet, but they do deserve to have some attention and um, commercialise the product of rugby league so they can make money. Yeah, and, and no one can work three jobs and expect to do the training and the commitment that goes in to be a professional sportsman. So, look, I, I fully support what she's saying too. So true, so true. And you're not far off being an NRLW player, so that's why I wanted to, you know, it's all it's all about positive affirmation. It's about that next you're step. You're too kind. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, let's, let's talk about some of the rugby league news that is kicking about. Um, Samoa have stood firm with Matt Parrish, um, saying that he will continue to coach the side through to the World Cup. And uh, this, this comes after... Matthew Andrew Johns and Sonny Bill Williams uh, apparently offered their services. I mean, if I wanted to play for Samoa and was eligible to play, I would be putting all my eggs into the basket of that trio and not Matt Parrish. We've seen earlier that Matt Parrish is on the outer. He is not in favour with the players. They had 34 current and former players sign a petition earlier. Um, last year it was. And there's it's rocky right? Like he's not pleasing everybody. And if you're not pleasing the playing group and you're not on side with the playing group, you're not going to get results. I cannot see this ending uh, healthily. And there was a reason why Matty Johns brought that up the way he did on his show. Yeah, I totally agree. Um, Katie, what about the Roosters? I was, it was a really sombre sort of change room uh, post-match and you know, you've got Josh Morris um, consoling his brother Brett, who was in tears with probably what will be a career-ending injury. Yeah, that was heartbreaking. I don't know about you two, but watching those scenes, I I felt Mm. emotional. And I know it's an ACL and, you know, there's there's worse things that happen in the world. But in terms of sporting um, injuries, an ACL is one of the worst. And it just sucks because if you wanted someone to go out the way deserved to be Brett Morris, picking how he went out, it's not. Not by an ACL injury. Um, So I felt really sorry for him. Yeah, I'm getting weak. I I cried watching Shrek the other night, so I used to be a lot tougher. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I I go off in an insurance commercial, so I really struggle. (laughs) But um, what about these dramas at Red Hill? Oh, with Kevin Walters, another – he's gone off again, and uh, that's probably what the 12,000th time that he's done it this year. I I think we we commonly talk about how many – times a coach can go off at the playing group and it's generally around two or three. Kevy's exceeded that by a mile, but he's so frustrated with his players. Don't try trick plays, play simple footy. He, he was yelling the F word a lot at training uh, and hopefully they could continue their form after they win over the Titans. But I don't think that that was, I think that was a luck win. I'm not convinced that it's their form that will see them uh, do much better this year. No, it seems a bit shy there. And there's, there's big trouble too at the Raiders, isn't there? Oh, okay. This, I mean, come on, we've all we've all been in the controversy and we do love a little bit of drama, but Raiders, what is happening there? Ricky Stewart has a real issue on his hands because first, I mean, Josh Hodgson now has come out and said, actually, like I relinquished the captaincy two weeks ago, don't want to lead the club. Yeah. He's got this questionable calf issue. Jared Croak is still out with a questionable shoulder injury. Papali'i eventually comes back into the side after he was rested because apparently he doesn't want to play. You've got the the um, heart and soul of the club, Sia Soliola, can't even crack the top 17. Charles Nicole Cookster's out injured. Like it's it's falling apart. George Williams yeah. wants to go home. Oh, man. Oh, and Tarpany. Joe Tarpany, his wife, you know, publicly uh, had a complaint about the interchange system on her social media. I mean, that's that's not going to go down well, and it didn't. Ricky Stewart and Joe Tarpany had words uh, on Monday. So, 
Yeah, not good down in Canberra. Yeah, high drama in the nation's capital. Lake Burley Griffin is rocking along. Katie Brown, have have a lovely day and um, thanks for all of that. We'll catch up with you real soon. Sounds great. Have a good week, Jen. Bye. That's it for Afternoon Sport today. We'll be with you Monday to Friday every week. Follow us on your podcast app so you don't miss it. A big thank you goes to our guests today, Katie Brown and to Todd Greenberg, our wonderful sponsors, Shane. Yeah, www.spartansportshq.com. And, of course, thank you to our producer, Dan McHugh. We'll be back tomorrow afternoon with your daily dose of sport. We'll see you then, guys. Take care.